Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Over 50 million active accounts, more than 60 billion hours streamed. That's what's happening on Roku. What should you do to make the most of the shift to TV streaming? Roku is America's number one streaming platform and delivers bigger than the big game reach. The time to master this massive and growing market is now. Get started by downloading Roku's new guide, which shares expert predictions about what's going to happen this year in the world of TV streaming. Download the full report at advertising.roku.com slash predictions. That's advertising.roku.com slash predictions. You're listening to, yeah, that's probably an ad. Uh, this is the Adweek podcast, and it's our Super Bowl edition. Uh, we have just rat- wrapped up watching the game, reviewing the ads, writing about 17 million articles on adweek.com. Uh, and so we're a little punch drunk, but we're here for you uh, because we want to get this out as quickly as possible after the game. I am joined, uh, as always, by Co M, our community editor. Co, how are you feeling? Not bad. Um, full of snacks and and full of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you you sound you're energizing me, uh, and that's good. I'm I'm glad you're. I am I'm feeling a little. It's been a long day. It's been a long weekend. Long week. Few weeks. But uh, but uh, tell us who else we've got uh, joining us. As always, we try to bring in the VIP crowd to help us uh, revisit the night's ads. Yes. Yeah, so do we do have um, Chief of Staff Jameson Fleming. Um, here or do you have a new title since last year? You were definitely here last year. Yeah, I had a new title, senior editor of membership, but a lot of same responsibilities. Just a fancy new title. Yes. Okay. Great. Amazing. Um, and we also are joined with um, senior editor Nicole Ortiz, who was um, busy editing the stories um, alongside our our story team. Um, so we put a lot of content out there, a lot of tweets out there, and um, we also have. Um, the recap of our top ads from um, David, but uh, we want to kind of start with you know how how we think the night went. It was kind of um, just felt weird all over. Like, is this really happening? What is happening? <laughs> it was very surreal, that's for sure. I, I think any any Super Bowl where like the number one question people keep asking in our Slack is, has anyone seen any masks yet? Anybody wearing masks in any ads? <laughs> and I'm just like, what a strange time we live in. Yeah, and as they pan through the audience and I saw like the cutouts again, I was like, oh, right, it's Super Bowl dystopian edition, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah even, the, even the halftime show had like this like, weird kind of religious dystopian vibe at the beginning and i'm just like sure why not that's just like i can't can't get i i to be clear i loved the halftime show but uh but it was still i was just like no i mean it's it's no different than what's happening in the stands right now um jameson you were in charge of 
pretty much、um, overseeing a, a lot of what we were covering, how we were covering it.、Um, was it different for you at all this year, just from a, a gathering standpoint? Take us kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, it was definitely a lot different this year. I mean, even though more ads, there was more airtime dedicated to ads that didn't premiere until today. So, like, brands waited longer to reveal their spots. It went easier because most of those brands gave us a heads up on those spots, so it was like we weren't really shocked at all during the game, with the exception of Oatly. I guess you could say we were shocked by Oatly.、Uh, so, and there was no like sudden reveal where it was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this just happened!" Like Game of Thrones and Bud Light a couple years ago, or all of the "It's a Tide" ads kind of like shocked us on game day. There's nothing that like really blew our minds tonight. Yeah, I, I found myself thinking at the end that like Amazon probably should have held the Michael B. Jordan spot. You know, it's like I love it.、Uh, we named it our number two ad of the year、uh, for the Super Bowl, but、um, I just think it would have hit a lot harder. You know, it would have been such a nice thing to to, to、uh, such a nice late game surprise. Although that said,、uh, I do kind of wonder if a lot of people just stopped、uh, watching the game. I don't know if anybody stops watching the Super Bowl, but stopped paying attention because it was not exactly a nail biter. If they fall asleep, my in laws fell asleep during it, so <laughs> I, I told them they asked me what one of my favorite ads were was, and I said the Amazon one was one of my favorites, and they were like. I think I missed that. We kind of fell asleep by that point. <laughs> yeah, with how big Amazon is, you know, I sometimes wonder why they really feel like they need to release that ad beforehand. I mean, they're the type of company that do they really need that little extra buzz beforehand when they could make a huge splash on Super Bowl night with the reveal? I mean, I think past years they waited to reveal the ad, but、uh, yeah, I was surprised that they picked the last last block of the game. Yeah, I think they.、Um... I don't know. Maybe as much money as they have to do, like、uh, you know, gut check、um, and kind of A/B test.、Um, I, I, I think I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to trying to feed any any early appetite that we might have had.、Um, but you know, there is that element of surprise, and I do have to think about. You know the general public watching, like Nicole's in-laws or my brother,、um, versus you know us.、Uh, A little bit more nerding out on on <laughs> what we're seeing.、Um, well, I I think like the, there's two ads I really want to get everyone's thoughts on.、Uh, I think they're the most polarizing. We'll we'll certainly talk about our picks for the best. Although I will say this year it was not exactly like a plus a plus a plus. It was like you know pretty good. Like the 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 best ones were all pretty good,、um, and none of them were were tremendous home runs.、Um, but that said, the the two that were kind of late additions, we already talked about Oatly in passing,、um, but then also the two minute Jeep spot、uh, with Bruce Springsteen.、Um, let's start with that, Nicole. You know, I think I think we all know what what they were attempting. You know, like Jeep wanted. This rousing, you know, halftime in America type Ram Farmer type spot. It felt like it really fell flat. I was actually kind of surprised that they released that one early because it was a two minute long spot. I thought at least it would be a two minute surprise.、Um, so that was a little shocking to me. But yeah, then when I saw it, I was like, oh man, two minutes. Okay, let's get cozy. Let's see what this is going to be like. Am I going to be laughing like last year? Because last year's was such a pleasant, like fun ad to watch, and this one I just kind of felt like, oh, they're going like the safe route. They're going like the middle of the road route. They're going to do the call for unity, and also like to me, 
I, as a cons- from a consumer's perspective, I didn't love that because I feel like if I want to see a brand lean into its purpose, I want to see them take a side, not do the middle of the road thing. I know that that's what a lot of, um, like, I guess politics wise, a lot of people are doing calls for unity, but it still felt like a little too early for the brands to start doing the calls for unity. Like I'm still waiting for a purpose from brands rather than middle of the roads right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess my question would be in Jameson, you and I have talked about this many times, but I can't think of a brand that has ever succeeded by being like, can't we all, can't we all just come come together? <laughs> Didn't they learn anything from Gap putting out that tweet that had it was like a hoodie that had like red and blue on it and it was like a call to unity? I mean, oh my that God, got that shredded funny. after election day, and Jeep was like, "We're going to spend twenty million dollars, get Bruce Springsteen in here, and do the same exact thing in front of a hundred million people, and hope it works." I mean, it was a touching message, but I, I don't know, it felt ill timed and. Uh, I saw one tweet from at, in, it's Kenyatta who summed it up perfectly of like what they displayed in that ad fundamentally goes against what diversity inclusion is in America right now. And I think he's yeah. right. It just it didn't it didn't showcase what America is today. It showcased a unity of what America used to be. And you know what? I would have actually appreciated if they just reran last year's Groundhog Day ad. And donated that money to a cause that actually supports, you know, unifying missions. Um, I think that would have been funny and understandable. And I don't know. Um, yeah, that that really fell flat. A lot of the ads this year with celebrities seem to kind of try to force things like the cuts, um, the storylines. It was just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like the, the and this kind of, I guess, my last real thought on Jeep is just that it's the kind of ad that CMOs and, and if I'm just being honest here, because uh, it's late and I'm tired, um, like basically wealthy white folks and, and, and just affluent people in general, kind of ivory tower folks are going to be like, what a brave message. Like, what an important message. I'm so glad they they used their storytelling to do this. You know what I mean? And, and but to everyone else on the ground, like who, who has survived this past four years and, and knows how much farther we still have to go. It's just like, oh, there's a small church in Kansas that's, that, that, that leaves their doors open. Okay, cool. Then never mind. Like we're all good. And, you know, it's just, anyway, that's, that's my, but I, I also want to make sure we save plenty of time to talk about Oatly uh, because- that one, who wants to start us off? I want to know. I, we haven't gotten to talk really, so I'm curious. What, well, I love, I love the backstory, the... right? Um, I edited <laughs> the story um, by Katie Lundstrom and, um, you know, they wanted to go with something else and they were co- trying to come up with up with all these ideas and it ended up like the CEO uh, was kind of forced into the spot because he was like, well, I guess I have the better idea. And he brought back an idea that he had. And it was just him trying to come up with a jingle. And um, from what I saw, you know, it it definitely caused a stir um, in terms of using a simple melody (laughs) and a simple backdrop and like a shaky table with, you know, that lovely oat milk on there. Um, Yeah, I was really worried about that glass. Yeah, me too. I was like, well, nobody taped this down from production? Okay, we're going to go with it. But I thought it was so... 
so on brand, you know. It it was not expected and um, a little endearing. And you know, I am I am a, a consumer of that brand. And you know, it they they also laid that message with you know the mission of. Let's also be sustainable and talk about oat milk. All right, let's let's take a quick uh, pause to listen to the song for anyone who might have missed it in all of its glory. Uh, it reminds me of like kind of like '90s weirdo alternative uh, kind of punk music. I don't know. There's this weird vein of like intentionally bad dead dead milkman style. Let's let's give it a listen. It's like milk made for humans. It's like milk, but made for humans. Wow, wow, no cow, no, 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 wow, wow, no cow, no, 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 wow, wow. Nicole... What'd you, th- what'd you think of the Oatly ad? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I actually, when I was first watching it, I thought to myself, like, oh, that's actually kind of cute. I, I don't hate this. And then everyone I was in the room with just got quiet, and they all just started, like, laughing at the same time. And they're like, oh, this is terrible. And I was like, ha, yeah, it's terrible. We hate this. We all hate this. So I actually <laughs> think that I'm one of the few... Maybe I'm I'm the right consumer here or something. I like the brand also personally, but yeah, I didn't hate it right away. I get the corniness and I get that like, I don't know, maybe maybe now that I've listened to it, not while I'm also editing and distracted by other things. I get it, but at first listen, I was kind of like, oh, cute, okay. I, I have to say maybe one of my favorite advertising tweets of all time, and I won't name him. Because he's a great dude, and uh, good on him for his transparency. But someone someone tweeted that uh, Oatly uh, dropped the ball, and then, and then a few minutes later, s- shared his own tweet and said, "I've been informed that my agency created the set," <laughs> and and he said, "So it's actually fantastic." <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Uh, but but the reason for that confusion, I believe, is because it was made, as uh, Co kind of mentioned, eight years ago. It is an eight-year-old ad, um, and it was banned from the airwaves in Sweden because they got sued by the milk lobby uh, in the dairy lobby in their own country. So Oatly is a Swedish uh, company. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it can't even run in their own home country, but sure, you know, let's bring it out of the vault and uh, and run it as a Super Bowl ad. Uh, and save some good money on production. Uh, Jameson, what was your what was your take on it? I mean, I liked it. I did giggle all the way through it. And we we saw it a little before kickoff. They gave it to to our reporter Katie Lunchum, and two of us like giggled our way through the whole thing. I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't a fan of the Andy Warhol ad a couple of years ago with Burger King. That like it's the same kind of ad. I hated that one. I just didn't get it. But this one, it was one of those. It was so it was so intentionally bad that it was good in my mind. Not only that, you know, they expected kind of a love hate response, and they anticipated the negative reactions. So they created a T shirt was like, yeah, I hated that ad. Yeah, like they knew what they clearly knew what they were doing, and to this day, I'm not sure Burger King knew what it was doing with the Andy Warhol ad. But that that's years past. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also like, 
I don't know, the anarchist within, I guess, is like, yeah, take down Big Milk. Do it. Do it, Oatly. Do it with your cheesy little song and your weird shirt. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I too, for full transparency, like, I, I'm an Oatly customer. Like, you know, I, I've seen their ads. They're mildly famous, infamous for their ads. I think their, their advertising department is called the uh, Department of Mind Control is, is what they call their their own advertising division. Uh, so they're, you know, they're weird, they're wacky, but honestly, I just, I just drink it cause it's, it's good milk, but I, it's, so it's kind of interesting to see everybody debating it. And, and I saw a lot of comments along the same theme, which is I hated this thing so much. I love it. <laughs> like, like it came, it came back around. <laughs> yeah. Another thing, speaking of, you know, kind of weird, not weird, but anarchist maybe but i i personally liked the um the reddit five second spot it was a regional play and um super simple just text on a screen and kind of inspired by you know all the the wall street bets power dynamic there and um i don't know i just thought it was very on brand for them to to do something like that like hey we're not going to buy a full ad we're just going to disrupt the ads that are already happening and um, tell our story that way for the first time ever. So I thought that was an interesting debut. Um, as uh, some of you might know, you know, I'm on the West Coast, but um, they played it in some of the bigger cities. Yeah, I also like that they did that when uh, Robin Hood has a national ad out. So that kind of juxtaposition is right. It's just like chef's kiss. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Because Reddit was obviously where the Wall Street Bets movement initiated to uh, to uh, support. I, don't, I never know how to frame it. To support GameStop, to prevent the short selling of GameStop. Roku reaches more viewers than any traditional pay TV company. For advertisers, the time to embrace TV streaming is now. With more emphasis on first-party data in a cookie-less world, campaign attribution, and more interactive creative, 2021 is the year to master the TV streaming opportunity. Get started by downloading Roku's new guide, which shares expert predictions about what's going to happen this year in the world of TV streaming. Download the full report at advertising.roku.com predictions. That's advertising.roku.com predictions. Let's, uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll just kind of walk through our, our top picks of the best ads of the year. And if anybody has any opinions on these, uh, just throw them out. Um, but I'm going to move kind of quickly uh, just so we can all get some sleep. Um, number 10 was the M&M's ad, Come Together with Dan Levy. Uh, I, I have to say this is one of those ones I warmed on. Like the first time I watched it, I thought it was okay. And then in the game itself, I thought it worked great. Like I laughed you know what I mean? Some ads, like there were ads that we saw in advance that I loved. And then in the game, I was kind of like, meh. But this one, it hit. The jokes hit. The Karen joke hits, you know? Uh, number nine, Uber Eats, uh, Wayne's World. Their Wayne's, Wayne's World reboot, uh, which I was skeptical of uh, until I saw it. And then I thought they pulled it off. And uh, our uh, colleague, Doug Zanger, was telling me that there's some backstory here that Mike Myers' uh, wife ran a restaurant. And so when they approached him about this, he was like, absolutely because he apparently knows all about, from personal experience, how rough it is running a restaurant and really wanted to help and be proactive. The agency also told us that he um, 
that uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were really involved in the script and in kind of customizing it and everything. So uh, they did not phone it in. Uh, number eight, Oatly, <laughs> the latest addition to our list, uh, because at first I was like, hell no, I'm not putting Oatly on the list. And by the end, I was like, OK, yes, it has earned its place. It's certainly one of love it or hate it. It was um, it, it was one of the most discussed and and not intentionally, you know, not unintentionally bad. Always better to have something that's intentionally polarizing. Number seven, I'm curious if you guys had any thoughts on this. Number seven, the Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade Last Year's Lemons. I I, I really like this just because I was glad to see an ad be like, last year sucked. Yeah, yeah I, I loved it. it. I, I, I laughed my whole way through it. It was one of those, it was just so stupid, but it worked. And it just felt so true to like what Bud Light's advertising has been over the last two decades. I was just like... Yeah, no, this is only an ad that probably Bud Light could pull off and, and have people like it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And as somebody who was a pandemic bride at a very small, socially distant and safe wedding, just to say, um, watching those that bride and groom cry under a table as lemons fell around them, I felt that. <laughs> I felt that in my core. Yeah, that's why it was... Yeah, those, this one and our number one ad, I think hurt me like that one at least i could laugh then our number one ad uh we'll get to um it was not funny uh in in the traditional way but yeah lemons one i was just like ooh, everyone's gonna feel at least one of these scenarios uh number six we had scissor hands free uh from cadillac this is uh, leo burnett's sequel to edward scissor hands with edgar scissor hands played by timothy chalamet um I've never actually said his name out loud. Is that how you say it? I have no idea. I was actually just wondering. You are correct. <laughs> it was very, very beautiful, like smooth, like oat milk. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I've literally, I just, I just realized I've only ever seen it in writing, <laughs> but I am excited about the Dune reboot. So, um, yeah, no, uh, the, the, it's, I don't think it got a lot of attention tonight, but I think in terms of craft, in terms of just a great idea, like how do we highlight um, hands-free steering? You know, and bring back Ed, Ed, Edward Scissorhands. If you're going to do nostalgia, you might as well just like get weird. I loved seeing Winona Ryder, and I love this like alternate timeline where Edward Scissorhands and uh, Kim Kim, I think it was her name, like that they ended up together. Yeah, because uh, at the end of the movie, they do not end up together. I loved it. I thought it was really cute. Yeah, I mean, I didn't find it as funny as probably it should have been, but I thought it was genius tying it to the actual like product and the brand that they were trying to sell. I thought the way they did that was very smart. Well, it's like the original is very sweet, right? It's a very sweet movie, um, and it's it's funny in this Buster Keaton kind of uh, physical comedy way of of having scissors for your hands, and and I thought they kind of stayed true to that balance of like it's sweet ad and yes he also makes these bumbly mistakes because he's got knives full fingers uh number five general motors no way norway uh this is the will ferrell aquafina keenan thompson ad i you know what i said in our review of this is that um i just love that it's not an ad about electric vehicles where they just kind of tell you that it's like driving on any other car because that's like every EV is just like the handling, the power, the drive feel or whatever, you know? It's like they always try to ignore, hey, by the way, this is an electric car. Um, and I'm sure that's from their research. I'm sure they've seen that people don't want to be told that this is an electric car. They want to be told that it's just as good as any other car. But this one's just like, nah, we need to make more electric cars. Let's go shit on Norway. Um uh, it worked for me. Anything with Will Feller works for me, honestly. Yeah, and then you add Aquafina, and I was like, all right, great. 
Yeah, I thought Oscar Peters Thompson. Nice, nice touch that odd. I thought the Keenan Thompson uh, casting was a little odd, but I thought Aquafina was like perfect for that spot. <laughs> Every time I watched, I laughed at the fact that Keenan Thompson just ditches his daughter's birthday <laughs> party. Like Aquafina's just practicing archery, um, but Keenan Keenan Thompson just walks out of his own daughter's birthday party without saying goodbye and goes to Finland um, on accident. So, yeah, that. Um, yeah, and uh, Co. I believe we got the like the the scoop the other night when you and I were uh, hosting a clubhouse room about Super Bowl, and John Ledger dropped in, the former CEO of T-Mobile, and told us that uh, Will Ferrell was too expensive. Right? Wasn't he one of the celebrities he mentioned being? Like, yeah, too but then he was like, ads? "Oh, but Drake is much cheaper," and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> Drake from State Farm. Yikes! <laughs> Sad for Drake. He must like be watching that like oh okay gotta talk to my agent yeah well and he said like melissa mccarthy wanted six million for 30 seconds i i i so yeah keep an eye out for our clubhouses apparently because that's where (laughs) random like marketing executives uh or at least former ones uh drop in and tell you their secrets uh number four this was one of the few, like, this one really got me. Uh, and I personally kind of get angry when ads actually work on me because I've been writing about ads for 15 years. And the fact that they can still get 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 to me uh, it annoys me. Um, it's uh, Toyota's Upstream from Saatchi and Saatchi. Uh, this was just a beautiful spot about Jessica Long, Paralympian swimmer, gold medalist. Um, I mean... I should be clear. I don't love ads about disability that try to kind of play on sympathetic tones, right? It's it's not my favorite uh, vibe at all, and I feel like we've kind of moved past that. And I felt like this one kind of towed that line a bit, uh, a little more than I was super comfortable with. But that said, you know, y- your origin story is your origin story, and she was born in Siberia and had to have uh, you know lower parts of her legs amputated, uh, and she was adopted. I mean, that's just an amazing story. I don't think that's necessarily about sympathy, but that's the only thing that's just, that's one of those areas that I, I like seeing um, people of different abilities kind of represented in new and interesting ways that move beyond some of the older tropes. But that said, this ad was beautiful. Just a beautiful yeah. ad. I mean, it's, it's yeah. visually stunning having her swim through her life. It, I mean, I don't, I can't remember any ad doing anything like that, period. So, I mean, it's a great story with just, Beautiful visual component. I, I'm not saying that it was inspired by Droga5's Rule Yourself for Under Armour with Michael Phelps uh, from a few years back, which was our number one ad of the year, whatever year that came out. Um, it's like four years ago. Um, there's a lot of similarity, though. If you go back and watch Rule Yourself, uh, you know, Michael Phelps swimming through this dark, like pitch black night and swimming through the water and seeing his life story kind of play out around him. So there's some parallel. I'm certainly not saying it was stolen from it. I just was like, I've always loved that ad. Uh, and this one, I was just like, yeah, this is that same, just her swimming up to the, even at the end, like swimming up to watch her parents talk on the phone with the adoption folks and just, yes, yeah, it's a pretty ad. Just, just so well produced. Um, and, and just, yeah, I'm normally not one of those people who's like, the craft of the ad was so good, but the craft of the ad was so good. Uh, number three, uh, one of my favorites, I'm going to be honest, the next three, 
I moved up and down this list so many times, I, I can barely remember which ones ended up on top. So I would say take it with a grain of salt, which one of these is number one or two or three. But we ended up ranking number three, DoorDash, The Neighborhood with David Diggs um, from the Martin Agency. And it featured Sesame Street uh, characters. Uh, just what a fun, bright well, you know, just what a little ray of sunshine. So in the cute. Night. I loved it. Yeah, I was a big fan. I mean, it's a refreshing change of pace. You don't get Super Bowl ads that are that family friendly often. So, I mean, I, I thought it was a just great visuals, great song. Well done. What are you saying that the rocket mortgage ad with the terrifying woman uh, crawling on the ceiling didn't uh, wasn't family friendly? Did you did you guys catch that that scene? I, I made a gif out of it and tweeted it. It's like the most cursed tweet. It's like this terrifying scream or like what was it? Like the ring or whatever. Just terrifying woman crawling around on a ceiling. Yeah, no. <laughs> let's let I wanna keep like wholesome I want Big Bird to deliver my food. <laughs> yeah, let's stay on Sesame Street. That's that's the that's the street that I'm hanging out on these days. <laughs> um number two, uh Amazon Alexa's body. Uh, this is, of course, the Michael B. Jordan ad in which uh, a Amazon employee pictures Michael B. Jordan being the living embodiment of an Alexa device and her husband being not super happy about it. Um, it's from Lucky Generals, who uh, kind of took a break uh, from the Super Bowl last year. And then so it was great to see them back. That's a U.K.-based agency. Um, and... Uh, they have a great sense of humor. I just, I love Lucky General's work. Uh, we don't see a whole lot of it over here in the States. And so um, it was great to see them back. I love Michael B. Jordan, huge fan. And I am the first to admit he's a good looking man. Just, he's a, he's a really good looking man. And so, you know, and he's a fantastic actor. He's got an amazing voice. I really thought that the whole ad kind of played to it. And of course it was a co-promotion for Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, uh, which is an Amazon Originals movie starring him. So Amazon making good use of their double duty. I, did anyone see much in the way of like backlash or anything? I think we all kind of thought, oh, some people are going to be like, oh, um, you know. Well, I'm in the minority because I didn't like it. And I love Michael B. Jordan since Friday Night Lights. And great job with like the cross promotion here before the show. But I thought the acting wasn't that amazing it didn't stand out for me and um it felt i don't know forced and i mean it was nicely shot but i just didn't love it there was a little backlash um on twitter um i'm not sure if i should bring this up but <laughs> uh, yeah with a, a competitor publication yeah so a competitor publication uh, um Try to kind of point fingers at reverse potential hypothetical reverse sexism, and it was quickly uh, called out and um, deleted and retracted. Deleted, yeah. Um, I, you know, I'll say the one scene I I don't love, not because it bothers me in any way or anything, is just because I don't get it. Is when they say to turn the lights down, and he takes his shirt off. I think he, oh God, he, yeah, it was weird. I, they were trying to, you know, portray if he takes his shirt off and throws it over the lamp, it turns the lights off, but it just felt oddly out of place in the ad. I don't think I even Somebody noticed the lamp. Somebody just wanted him to take his shirt off. Why can't you just ask Alexa take your shirt off then, if that's the case? I mean, if it's literally <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. I also just, like, I, I thought this was a funny ad. I did feel like I was reading somebody's diary, or I guess watching somebody's diary. <laughs> Someone's fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I, like, there were moments where, I think we all know the moment I'm referring to, where I was just, like, clutching my pearls a little bit, and I was like, oh, goodness, in a Super Bowl ad on a Sunday? 
I mean, this, this is from the same agency that had uh, Rebel Wilson in the hot tub. To, what was that? Two, three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> which was clearly was maybe the inspiration for this entire uh, ad. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, they towed a line and they squeezed some, some copywriting in here that I'm sure I can picture the writers being like, we're never going to get away with this. Um, but, you know, that said, Lucky Generals is, uh, is you know, it has, uh, I, I think she, Helen Calcraft is their CEO, but, you know, they're led by a, a very gender balanced team and, and they've got a lot of folks working on this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we knew it would spark some, some, uh, you know, discussion. But all in all, it it seemed like, and I think I think Co brings up good points, and I think there's part of it could have been better. But in a year without much ambition, without a lot of big swings, I thought this one was one where they really committed to the premise and just went all in. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious if those lines got into the ad. What didn't make the ad? What did actually get cut? Um. The number one, uh, Anheuser-Busch, this, it still feels weird to say, number one is uh, a a parent company. It's not even a brand. It is Anheuser-Busch. Let's grab a beer from Wyden and Kennedy, New York. Wyden and Kennedy also did. uh, God, it's it's been such a long night. I only remember 10 10 entries ago, but uh, they did the the Bud Light stuff. Um, The Lemons ad we talked about earlier for the seltzer. But like, this ad is so good. And it's, I don't, you know, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know how it went over tonight. It's it's a hard one to really get a sense. It, it was late in the game. Um, it's uh, it's kind of heavy, you know? Uh, it, it, and, you know, Nicole, I'm curious because once again, <laughs> canceled weddings or empty weddings was another visual of this one. Oh, yes. This is kind of the serious version of the Lemonade. What, what did you think of this one? Oh, I mean, it, it, I felt like this one really touched me. I, I actually really liked it. And I felt like I could see myself in every situation. Like the person had a bad day at work or whatever. And the guy in the uh, orchestra and they're like joking about it and trying to laugh it off. Like I, it just all felt so relatable. And yes, the wedding, the pandemic wedding felt so relatable. <laughs> um, but Every scene, it it just felt nice. And I I get that feeling of like, wow, today sucked. Let's grab a beer. And like at the end of 2020, like, yeah, let's grab a beer. 2020 sucked. The the restaurant scene I really loved of just like the guy getting off work at the restaurant. And maybe it's because I worked in food service. I'm sure many of us did. And just like you have that camaraderie, but also you have that like that joy of leaving work. <laughs> just being done with your with your just long ass shift and and him just walking out banging open the the beer and laughing with the coworkers i mean just like so many little moments that any other ad i think would struggle to even come up with one of these moments without it feeling really kind of trite and between this and the lemon spot i mean why why new york really showed that they have this connection to humanity which i'll be honest like why has not always been widen's strong suit uh, like you get some of that with Nike work out of their Portland office, but generally you just get very weird shit with, with, uh, Wyden, right? Like you get the old spy stuff, you get the KFC stuff, like the stuff out of Portland has always had just this very bizarre marketing, uh, kind of vibe. And this one was just, uh, yeah, just like a human, a uh, really human ad. I thought it was one of the few that really addressed the year. Um, and, uh, and then also just kind of 
reminded us of it made me sad it made me miss you all uh it made me miss you know like i miss being her the super bowl too you know not to get emotional about it it's like like all of us working together on the super bowl and on the coverage it's such like a highlight of the year for me and this ad yeah it just got me i was just like I miss, I miss people. I miss my friends. I miss my coworkers. I miss like all this stuff. And no, so anyway, I'm going to get really percolent if I keep going. So any other thoughts on that one? Yeah. I mean, like Budweiser wasn't in this Super Bowl, but I mean, let's face it. That was a Budweiser ad that they threw all of their beers in. I mean, that's what it felt like (laughs) to me. Uh, And instead of just having Budweiser's throughout the ad, they have all of the beers that they make. So, I mean, I, I thought it was a beautiful ad. Yeah. Well, I, I will give an honorary mention too, uh, because this is a it's a fine point, um, but one we try to be respectful of, uh, or else our TV editor will will kill us in our sleep. So promos are not ads in the Super Bowl because when you are the broadcaster, in this case CBS, you get a certain number of free spots. Uh, in the same way, I think the NFL does as well. And uh, so these don't technically count because you're not shelling out the five point five million per. 30 seconds and you just get an allotment. And so, of course, they usually, these broadcasters sprinkle out a bunch of ads for their shows usually, right? So that's where you see the ad for whatever hot new show. And we saw quite a few of those tonight. Uh, tonight. But uh, the one that got the most attention was a series of ads created by Droga5 uh, called, I, th- I think they called it Paramount Plus Expedition was the the name of the series. But this was about random characters from uh, that are, are on shows and movies that are in the new Paramount Plus streaming network. And they were climbing the Paramount Mountain uh, and just shenanigans occur along the way. You had like Snooky from uh, from Jersey Shore, uh, Beavis and Butthead pop in. Uh, it, it was one of the few ad series I've seen where it actually does get better. Uh, I didn't necessarily like love the payoff, but it was fun. Each time they came back to it, I was like, okay, I'm on board. Uh, so hard to say where we would have ranked this. I know for a lot of people, they kept tagging me all night and saying, oh, these are my favorites, but they're not technically ads. So we gave them an honorary mention in our list of the top 10. So congrats to everybody. Um, all right. Well, we have survived another uh, another Super Bowl. So uh, thanks to each of you. Uh, Nicole, uh, you know, you do so much fantastic work behind the scenes. Jameson, uh, definitely as well. Like you guys are such uh, tremendous organizers and, and coordinators of all the content. So I'm, I'm so glad you could be on because you also both have really fantastic opinions and informed thoughts about this. So thank you so much for making time for us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And I just want to say one more thing. Mountain Dew, even though it wasn't the best ad, I think it's going to be the most effective one because they're running the sweepstakes for weeks. Very smart. Yeah, that's the one. What is it like? You got to count all the soda bottles in the ad. I think it was a brilliant idea. What about the space one? That's kind of like another kind of sweepstakes type thing, too. Maybe that'll be successful as well. Yeah, like getting to go to space. Or flops. I don't know. It's one or the other. Yeah, the, uh, the... the Mountain Dew one reminded me of, oh God, I'm really showing my age here. It was quite a while ago, but um, oh, it had uh, <laughs> insurance. It was insurance back when I think they existed. Um, but it was it was uh, Jim from the office. Why am I forgetting? It's it's late. Sorry. Um, like uh, Krasinski. Yeah, Jim, uh, John yeah, Krasinski. Krasinski. John Krasinski, my husband in another life. Not Mike. Um, the uh, the uh, anyway, they didn't. <laughs> 
time my brain so addled. They did an ad um, quite a few years ago where, like, uh, you could win the amount of money they would have paid for a Super Bowl ad uh, that they saved by running it after the ad. And it ended up being, like, the most watched ad of the year, even though it ran post-Super Bowl. So, uh, so if you can squeeze in a promotion, it's pretty good. All right. With that, we're all going to go get some uh, much-needed sleep because we're going to wake up and do all this again because we get to go probably be interviewed on some stuff. And uh, our, we're partnering with USA Today on their uh, debrief event. Um, so, yeah, hit us up. Tell us what you thought. You can find us on, on social media and Twitter, of course. You can find us on Clubhouse increasingly, spending more time there. I'll be doing something Monday night. I think Co's got some stuff planned. And... Um, and then uh, you can hit us at podcast at adweek.com uh, if you have your thoughts on Super Bowl ads. With that, we're going to head out. Uh, our theme music is by Home. Uh, this week's episode was produced by Co-M and edited by Lane McGibney. Uh, if you have not already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. For Adweek, I'm David Greiner, and we will be back next week. Bye, everybody.